Welcome to the Only in Movies podcast. I'm your host, Onari, coming to you from Austin, Texas. And I'm your host, Amato, coming to you from Buffalo, New York. And in this podcast, we break down scenes and discuss things that happen only in movies. Welcome back, everybody. How's everybody doing? Hope everybody's doing great out there in the world. Thank you to all our listeners for continuing to listen. We're chugging along over here. Make sure you follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Only in Movies Pod to find out what movie we'll be covering on our upcoming episodes. Uh, watch ahead with us and send us your suggestions for scenes that should make our Only in Movies list and for a chance for your suggestions to also make it on the show. All right. This week's movie, Searching, directed by Anise Shajante, starring John Cho, Sarah Son, Michelle La, and Deborah Messing. Here's a quick description. David Kim becomes desperate when his 16-year-old daughter Margot disappears and an immediate police investigation leads nowhere. He soon decides to search the one place that no one else has, Margot's laptop. Hoping to trace her digital footprints, David contacts her friends and looks at photos and videos for any possible clues to her whereabouts. All right. All right. So uh, this was a pretty good movie. I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm a thriller fan. I like not knowing what's going to happen and when it's going to happen and all that stuff. And I I think this movie gave me a lot of that. So when I heard about this movie, it wasn't really like that popular. It was more like a critically acclaimed movie versus a a big blockbuster, you know? It made a good amount of money. It made, um, it it had a limited opening weekend. Yeah, that's why it played a role, you know, the limited release. But it made 75 million worldwide. With a small budget, I presume. Yeah, I could have made that movie in my basement. <laughs> not, not the movie part, but you get what I'm saying. It doesn't yeah, seem like yeah. they needed a ton of money. They didn't need a lot of actors and things like that. We'll talk about that and what we mean by that as we go. Yeah. But I definitely, I thought it was a good movie, and we'll talk more about that. So the only a movies list, Denari and I both watch a movie and choose scenes that make the only a movies list, where we think this could have only happened in a movie. And then we also have what we call our come on fam scenes. And those are just little smaller tidbits and things that happen throughout the movie that we're just like, come on, fam. How how could you even pull that one off? So Denari, well, what's your first scene for the only a movies list? So the first scene that made the list for me was actually pretty deep into the movie. Um, and that was the brother setup scene. Ah, uh, we have overlap. <laughs> <laughs> so this is when, you know, John Cho, who's playing David Kim, the dad of, of Margot, played by Michelle La, he finds some evidence or at least what seems to be evidence pointing to something nefarious going on between um, his daughter Margot and the brother, Peter, played by Joseph Lee. So he goes to the brother's house and he kind of stages this little meeting or like a just a visit to kind of chat about what's going on but he sets up these um surveillance cameras like really quick portable surveillance cameras in different places of the house so he can record a conversation and he has his own laptop on the car outside in the garage uh, transmitting and recording everything so this is his attempt at trying to kind of get a confession or or some incriminating evidence from the brother yep so what made the scene made the, the list for me was that so David has been talking to his brother Peter the whole time about uh, Margot being missing and and kind of bouncing ideas off of him and I'm thinking this person has been helping you this whole time you skipped to he possibly killed your daughter or did something to harm your daughter before thinking that they were just hiding something else for example like you know we find out that it's actually weed that they were hi- he was hiding the wording. 
there was a lot of plot points in this movie that pointed you in a certain direction. So yes, there yes, were like, yes. there were many red herrings as a term. There were many red herrings mm-hmm. that forcibly pointed you in that direction. So as you read that, you're like, if I read that conversation with one of my daughters, I would definitely be like, I I, w- I would like to investigate this further. I my my issue with that is, okay, you're my brother. You're selling my daughter weed. The second she goes missing, you should be like, hey, listen, I know you're gonna be mad at me. I know this. I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm selling her weed. Just you know, it's good to know. You know, I, I could only be so mad at you. By the way, <laughs> yeah. So that was that was my next point in that. David jumped to something bad that, or jumped to the idea that his brother was doing something bad to his daughter. And he got so angry that you couldn't really think that it was anything but, like, you know, severely bad. It wasn't that, you know, he was helping her cut classes or something. The way he reacted and almost, you know, with, with physical violence made you think that he thought his brother either, you know, maybe raped her or kidnapped her or killed her. Uh, and like I said, I will admit the brother was an idiot and not disclosing the information about the weed. Right. Or, the, you know, the smoking with her, especially after the money evidence was revealed, because that that would you know, potentially implicate drugs or some kind of other activity. You know, I feel like until it became really serious, maybe the brother was keeping the promise to the daughter uh, of not revealing that information to the dad. But once it was revealed that it was serious, she was definitely missing. They found his money evidence and you discussed this with... um, But even further than that, they found her car, they found blood. Yeah, any one of those points, it was time to fess up, bro. way (laughs) past, let's keep secrets. Right. At this point, you should be saying like everything that I know about my interaction with her in the last week or so, you know? Uh, yeah, I smoked her up on the day. First of all, on the day she went missing, apparently they hung out. <laughs> That's what I, I gathered, right. right? May 1st. Right, yeah. So I have for the note, I have. So again, that scene took me. I had, they had me. I won't lie. They had me. I was like the brother after all of this. It was the brother. <laughs> I have, I have WTF, sickle R. Kelly shit. <laughs> There was no gray area in the convo. None. No gray area. Obviously, there was gray area. In the text convo? Yeah, yeah. There was tons of gray yeah, area, yeah, yeah. obviously. But in my mind, there was no gray area. Yeah. This was my second time watching this movie. And the first time I watched it, it did. All, it got me for a second. But then immediately, I was like, there's no way they, they can. Like, it was too kind of like direct. You know what I mean? But why didn't the brother also consider the chat history on the computer? Eventually, this is going to come to light. I might as well just tell the truth now. So that is a good point. But if you also think about the fact that the dad, David, had been going through everything except the chat, history. the text yes, conversations. Yes. Yes. That made no sense. Yes. There were a couple of things like that that, were, that didn't really yes. line up there. Uh, one, because... The, they were kind of proving how meticulous he was in, in documenting and searching everything. And then at the same time, they were like glaring omissions or or things that didn't line up. And I also think in that whole interaction, when the brother was finally kind of caught, you know, he was trying to get him to fess up and say what was going on. The brother was way too slow in coughing up that information. Yes, they after, got, they, he, he put like, his hands on him. Yes. They, like they got, there was, they, bro, this, this is not the time to do a, a slow reveal. You should be immediately say, I was smoking with for him. The, for a Boom, second. Done. For a millisecond, if you think that it was inappropriate with me and my niece, I just want to get that out the way that that was not the case. Uh, what I did was I would wrong, never. but <laughs> it wasn't that kind of wrong. I wouldn't even lead with what we did. I would leave, lead with what we didn't do. So I would be like, we didn't do anything wrong. I don't want you getting any ideas. We just smoke weed. Right. Boom. That's That took four or five seconds. Right. He was like, let's sit down and talk about this. You're making this sound way worse than right. it was, all right, at that point. Right. They dragged it. <laughs> he was like, uh, and saying it's not what you think, that is not ever a good 
series of words when you're trying to explain anything. <laughs> right. All right. Because you don't know what I'm thinking. Right. You might not know exactly what I'm right. thinking. So saying it's not what you think makes me think it is what I maybe, think. Maybe I thought you so, were selling her weed <laughs> and it really, really upset me. Yeah. In terms of a calming uh, a paranoid person down, the brother did not do a good job at doing that quickly. No, absolutely. But yeah. So my first scene was, and to me, first off, I don't think the scene had a ton of like, it had a lot of little omissions, but I don't think it had a ton of glaring omissions or glaring scenes to make the list. But my first scene was his daughter calls him to say she's going on an all-nighter. First of all, who does all-nighters in high school? <laughs> Uh, AP AP could be kids calls that. Uh, you know. I have a, I have two daughters at high school, one in multiple AP classes. If she caught me to tell me she was doing an all nighter, okay, fine. With a family I've never met before, we ha- I guess we have to define what an all nighter is because right, that's that was my thing too. So if you tell me you're going to do an all nighter, you must be spending the night at these. That, that is house. the definition, my definition at least of all nighter. You're you not coming my... back at two at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So I thought that was very poor parenting. That was actually one of my come on fam scenes. But he didn't even say, what is the name of the family? Where, what's their house? Can I get a number <laughs> so I can call someone in case? What block do they live on? Nothing. <laughs> Black, white, Asian, Spanish. Can I get something? Gonzalez? <laughs> What's the what's the zip code? You know, <laughs> yeah. Like, are you even in this town? I was about to say, are you like, still in the states? <laughs> so, and then I guess I took for granted that they had everybody just everybody in their high school just had a car and could just get back and forth wherever they wanted because it didn't. I guess first at the very first say she had a car, and then when it dawned on me, like I was like, how does this chick get all going all these places? And it's because she had a car. Yes, I took that for granted, and I'm just like. I don't know. Even if my daughter has a car, I'm still going to need to know where she's at, what time she's coming back, what time should I expect her? Yeah, so I know I know at the very least she can get home. So I don't have to go pick her up. And that's okay. That's fine. But like I said, this is one of my come on fans because what parent goes to bed without confirming that their high school age kid got home? Whether it was 11, 12 a.m., 1 a.m., I would need to know that you made it home before I go and go to sleep. In high school, and sometimes having them coming home on their own is worse than you having to go pick them up. Because yeah. if you have to go pick them up, you know every step of the way where they are. When they have to come home on their own, you're like somebody could have gotten into an accident. They could have been a drunk driver. You're they're just waiting. And it's late, right? And it's a very stressful situation. He was just like, All right, okay, yeah. I'm like, I, you I, were I was able to go to for sleep. Someone who has an actual. Or it has two teenage age kids. <laughs> I would have been stressed. He went to bed and then woke up and was still completely fine thinking that his daughter went to school and having not heard from her the whole night or confirming yes. that she got home. Yes. I guess he saw their books on the counter at some point and that showed that she did get home eventually, but not in what state. You know, she got home. Was she sober? Was she drunk? Was she hurt? Was she crying? Was she happy? So, you know, that at some point she made it home and now she's no longer home again. So, like, what this, you, you're not going to see your daughter for almost 14 hours on a school night you know overnight and then back to school and then back until she comes back from school the next day and i think that you know what i don't think I, the theme of the movie was that he was somewhat of a negligent dad not negligent but he was he was detached from his children i, I wouldn't even say detached. he was 
uh, not as involved or maybe I guess the word is negligent. I wouldn't say negligent because to me, negligent is they're not being fed. They're not. He had negligent moments. He wasn't a negligent parent per se. To me, he's not, you know, they, she was fed. She was taken care of. Uninvolved? Yes. Uninvolved. I would say maybe <laughs> I would go uninvolved. uninvolved. He was. Yeah, he was he was uninvolved parent. And I think that was a theme through this movie. But this for that for that scene was just like extreme for me. Like again, as a father, like that was a lot. You're just not even gonna double check care. That was a lot for me. Yeah, definitely. And then as part of the whole uninvolved theme, I was completely surprised to not know that he didn't know any of his daughter's friends, a single one. Not That's even That's literally like, what I have in that line too. You don't know any friends. Again, I have teenage daughters. I can tell you all the junior or high school now drama for the past six to eight months because I hear about it all the time. So to not know <laughs> any of my kids' friends would be like nuts to me. Yeah, I'm, 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 you know, damn near 30 and my mother knows some of my friends from college. All right. So, Absolutely. So for them to not know anything about a high school age student or, or a child, it's, it's kind of really surprising. You have to be like a, a really uninvolved parent to do that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and the theme was, you know, he was just kind of like emotionally distraught after his wife's passing. But like the brother pointed out later on in the movie, this is when you should actually be becoming more involved. And instead, he right. withdrew. 100%. Because if, if you're as an adult hurt, she probably is too. Right. Even more so because you can probably process this a little bit better as an adult. You would think, you know, not 100%, but you would assume you have more maturity to process this. And the person that doesn't is your child, which you should then be kind of be a little bit more involved in the situation. So all all around, it was magnified um, for the movie's sake. Right. Uh, Of course. Through news stories and through, you know, just knowing the culture that we are in, this is not too far-fetched from scenarios that we hear where, like, the parents had no idea that the kids were doing X, Y, Z, you know? Like, I didn't write it down, but the $100 a week for lessons that she stopped six months ago, I, I feel like I would have had to know that at some point. <laughs> like, so so you're telling me for six months you haven't spoken to an instructor at all? Not even to see how she's doing. <laughs> There's not a recital. Is my money <laughs> going to something worthwhile? Like the- There's no shows or... Screw a show. Is she getting better? Am I paying for something <laughs> that is actually taking effect? Because if it's not, right, then what's yeah. the point? <laughs> Can I have a progress report of some sort? Right. A receipt? You know, <laughs> something? Do, do you do your taxes? You know? It's right. like, uh, <laughs> and speaking of... Him not knowing her friends. I thought it was also glaring that while his child was missing, he had no friends or family at his house. That is a good point. I didn't notice that. I guess that was really telling. It was, he was alone. Even his brother really wasn't at his house a lot, standing behind him like you see in the movies. And he was on his own. He didn't have a, there was no, his mom or dad, or obviously that was his only sibling. Yeah, it seemed like he kind of took it all on his shoulders, the death. He kind of took, you know, instead of reaching out for people. he had no friends at all? Like I said, it seemed like he took it, he was trying to appear strong, and I think part of that is being reserved, because even the brother, when he tried to kind of ask about it, like, hey, have you guys, yada, yada, he became a little bit defensive, you saw. He was like, nah, we're good, don't ask questions. So I think that was just him putting up a front and kind of blocking everyone out so that they can't see his hurt in reality, which is not a great coping mechanism, but... I think I feel like in that situation, I would have to be throwing people out of my house. I need y'all to go. I, yes. I, I, need, I need to be alone. I, and I can't judge like, him for out. that. Every family is different, you know. Yes, yes, yes. 
my family yes. is very overbearing <laughs> when it yeah. comes to <laughs> situations, but others yeah. aren't. Right. So I, I don't fault them for that piece, but it just do, did seem that a lot of um, the, the occurrences were precipitated by his, his kind of wall building between. Yeah, at one point him. I even wrote that dad don't know shit. <laughs> yes, he did not know. <laughs> the things that he knew could be counted on one, uh, in one hand. <laughs> right. She she went to school. She was a girl, and uh, he was a skateboard. He knew where her computer was. <laughs> yes. My next scene was again towards the end of the movie, uh, during the memorial, where he's doing this kind of live streaming of it, which I thought was sick. I didn't really understand why he went from kind of seeing how his daughter was only like alive, pretty much online, and not really knowing much about that, to wanting to broadcast the memorial. Is that really a service? I'm sure it is, man. I mean, we could broadcast. <laughs> I didn't doubt that. that to for me, that's a up second. there with putting my putting my face on a shirt. Don't do either of those things after I pass. Don't put my face on a shirt. Don't live stream my funeral. If they couldn't make it, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely see that being a service. And I think while it seemed odd that he would go for it, I think at the same time, the reason why he might was because maybe in his mind, the people that actually were friends with, with her were online. Right. I can see that. Don't do it for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm all good on that. Hard pass. Um, but yeah, so during that memorial scene, the fact that now he found out basically that the detective was kind of in on it and she was actually orchestrating the cover up. He, he calls the detective's apartment, you know, not through her. And we're kind of then seeing the, the live stream. He shows up and you see him walking down the hall of the church, looking left and right at the pews. And I'm like, why would they ever allow him to confront her first? The only reason I could possibly think is if he just showed up before the cops got there. I thought he was going to wild out. I thought he was going to start screaming and cursing. Yeah. And I thought something was, that scene was kind of anticlimactic for me. So because of that is precisely my question. Why would they ever allow the victim or I guess the victim's <laughs> family to show up first or be there with the and person? approach before police can approach. Agree. Yeah. And then, and then, so there's that part, right? And then it wasn't, at least to me, it didn't appear like it was an actual case of him getting there first or whatever. It was almost like they were waiting for him to do it because then they started coming in through the doors and they weren't rushing in by any means. They were just right. calmly walking in, which was another thing. Why wouldn't they have guns drawn? She's clearly armed and, and you know, because she's a detective. Right, and absolutely. Clearly dangerous if they're accusing her of what, you But know, you this, also, but. I guess it's the, you work kind of in the middle of a funeral. I understand you're approaching the person who killed the person whose funeral it is. But <laughs> right. maybe. <laughs> at this point, you know that it's not a funeral. I mean, oh, I, I guess you don't know that it's not no, a funeral. No, you don't know that point yet. Nope. Not at that point. You don't, you're right. You don't know that it's not a funeral, but you do know that you have a, a potentially armed and dangerous person in here. So their approach of calling over. With a propensity over, to kill. Or with a propensity to do harm. Yeah. Of some sort. So a couple of things came to my mind. Like, you know, why wouldn't they approach her with their guns drawn, or at the at the very least unholstered? They just had their their hands on their their guns as if they were just doing a traffic stop or something. <laughs> no, you are attention a potential murderer, right. you know, here. And then two, why would they not clear out the church as well? They cleared out like a couple That's, of people. To me, that around. was more the crazier thing. It was just like, what if she just jumped up and started shooting? Right, like they were. Like, <laughs> they didn't explain to anyone. They're like, for all they know, like you know the. the the whole thing was still going on, and they're just like, excuse me, excuse me, got to go through, excuse me, got to get by. <laughs> pardon me, right? <laughs> yeah, pardon me, excuse me. 
Pardon me. No, you should they be. They some holy water and did the cross before they first walked in. Father, <laughs> they Father, did a, they did thank a you. They did prayer and they walked into the pew before they grabbed her. They, they knelt. <laughs> they yeah. <took> time. <laughs> I was just like, well, this is a, a very odd, you know, apprehension that they just did of of this suspect. Especially because when she got up, she didn't exactly, you know, waltz over there immediately. It looked like they could be contentious. Right. There yeah. was like a little bit tense moment where she just stood up slowly. And I was waiting for something to happen the first time I watched it. But yeah. So that was, that was my scene for that one. So this is my last scene because we had some overlap with the brother scene, with the Peter scene. And this might just be because I'm a punk. But I thought when he left his house with 12% battery to go <laughs> where... He had no idea he was going. You saw that too, right? (laughs) With no, I don't know. I would have at least charged to like 50% before I left, 20 minutes. Or send the detective my location to drop a pin, something. (laughs) That might have cost my child their life. I hope, I would hope not. But I would hope it would would be more helpful in the situation because I have a more means to communicate outside. So I thought that was just like, I'm sure I have, he didn't have a car charger. (laughs) He drove all the way there. He, he, he was a little bit reckless there. Stuff. I'm here, but I can't tell anyone. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then what if he got there, his phone died, and there's actually a serial killer in the woods who chops his head off, and now nobody knows what happens. Yeah, not not very good planning on his part for all the yelling that he did. Yeah, and, and, and he seemed like a very meticulous type of guy who made sure about a lot of little things. I was like, leave it with 12% is just... Yeah. So, uh, again, with the movie kind of painting this picture of him going through all these steps to, to gather this information, we we see that the daughter apparently had no password on her laptop, and yet she had every other account locked down like Fort Knox. It was like private, account private, access, you know, access denied. Eh, eh. But then he opens her laptop, and boom, no password right to the desktop. So, related to that. I thought it was crazy that he opens Facebook and it doesn't auto log in. And he opens Gmail and it doesn't auto log in. At, at least Facebook. Any computer, almost every computer you lose Facebook on regularly, you open Facebook and it's logging you in. Especially if yeah, you don't have a Right, by design, 100%. 100%. So I thought that was a little bit weird, especially as you pointed out, since she didn't even, he didn't even need a password to get into the laptop. So I would think a lot of, especially in, especially nowadays, a lot of those websites are set to save password or to log in. It's just the convenience of things. So I, 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 I noticed that too. You might manually log out, but if she didn't, then. Who uses Facebook that's logged in and out of Facebook every day? On the computer they use it from. Yeah, so that was definitely a come on fans for me. I'm like, yeah. So she has everything locked down but her actual laptop. I'm right. like, okay. <laughs> so that was my last come on fam scene that I had. So one of my funny things I want to discuss was they held on to Windows XP for a long time. <laughs> I, I, and I understand that, like, I guess it was the family computer and they... Yeah, in, they were using AOL. So I, I first off, this movie was about an hour and thirty minutes, forty-two or so. minutes, forty-two about hour and forty-two minutes. It took me probably a little more than two hours because I did a lot of pausing to read things in the background. I figured, oh, you every, did nice. I, I figured everything mattered, so I wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything. So, like looking at the dates on um, when she was in kindergarten, uh, when the mom first got sick, I tried to capture all of that. I was going. So first, they were using AOL in two thousand eight. Were people still yeah. using AOL in 2008? I was out of college by then. I know I wasn't, but were people still? I, I didn't think people were messenger. still using. So you say general people. Yes, people were using <laughs> AOL in 2008. Were, you know. The masses? Yeah, the masses and were like uh, our generation using. I don't think so. But AOL was still, you know, even now there are people still using, <laughs> using AOL. AOL. Okay. 
Yeah, my other funny stuff that I noticed was um, when we first hear the detective calling David, her voice and her tone were, were not very reassuring. Yo. So that was like my first flag. <laughs> she was like emotionless and short. I was like, is this a murderer that just called him? Like, what's going on right here? I said, I have written down, do not tell info on phone to cop. Super suspect. <laughs> Like she sounded, I was, I, I thought, I honestly, when she called, I thought she wasn't even really a cop. I was like, whoever called, that's not the cop. That's the killer. They're trying to get yeah, you. That, that was my reaction on first watch of this movie as well. But then they kind of soften you up as you see her like re- working really hard to kind of find her. But that first, that very first conversation, I was like, geez, she was kind of uh, rough there. Yeah. So, and there was a couple of scenes that made me be like, was it her? I never, I won't tell you that I knew it was her or it was her and her son or that they did it. But there were a couple of scenes that made me like, why, why, this is weird. What's she doing wrong? I guess my first thing was, I, I, and related to that is he waited a long time to call the police. I thought that as well. But the piece that was a little bit giving him like some benefit of the doubt is that, true. yeah. So at that point he just wrote it off, you know, he was going to go off on her. You saw that long like message that he right. wrote. So he kind of just just wrote it off as her being a, a bad kid at that point and basically lying about that. So it all it all fit the money, the trip, the fact that they were in the mountains, they had no reception. I'll I'll give him that, you know, until I hear from the kid, then maybe I don't freak out fully. Well, I do actually have what I wrote. When would I call the police? And I said, I'm calling the police as soon as uh, as soon as I speak to Isaac. And then I saw it. So she, he spoke to Isaac and she, he confirmed that they weren't camping or that she wasn't camping. He called the police. But if you go to that scene, too, which can allude to one of the later scenes, his brother's not even really concerned. No. And like you said, he's like, I kind of did something similar when I was a kid. You know, I, <laughs> right? he's like. And that's why when later in the movie you're like, oh, well, maybe it was him. He wasn't even concerned when she went missing. Yeah, it did a good job of setting those things up there. And yes. then I also thought these fucking what kind of spoiled ass kids can just run away from 24 hours and not catch the the ultimate health storm from their parents? <laughs> right. He's like, yeah, I was gone for 24 hours. And like, maybe she's gone for 24 hours. I'm like, no, what? <laughs> what? I would never. I would never <laughs> enter my mind or this. Not even my cranium. I, it's not even. I a would thought. come home 10 minutes late, and I would know my mom knew because the door would be ajar. Maybe and I she would was be waiting like, oh. for you. Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. She was she was stalking, and I would open the door. And just I would prepare myself. I was like, damn, she knows. Like five minutes. So staying out. I was never the kid who was gonna stay out all night because my no. mom was crazy. So not <laughs> never. All right. Like I said, I can't even tell you that I thought about it. All right. <laughs> right. I definitely thought about it, but I didn't do it. <laughs> it was a quick ass thought. It was fleeting. <laughs> yeah. But it it might have come in and be like, Are you crazy? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. All right. You like your teeth, right? so funny about that part uh related to that when detective vic she goes she's talking to um david and i guess they're kind of discussing the fact that she might have run away and she goes you don't always know your kid and that is never your fault i was like eh, you never your fault it's sometimes your fault all right so i don't know that it's never your fault the way she said it well for in in, in that scene too he goes i need to know more about her i was like who are you who are you gonna ask the neighbors like <laughs> like what's going on you should on? probably like, ask her <laughs> you should know your child at least a little again i'm not a super father but come on now 
Yeah, and and that's not to say that you should know every single detail or but you should know a detail. Yeah, yeah, something. <laughs> at least when, one. When he goes on on the internet and he's looking at Facebook, etc., and they're not friends, that I didn't find to be glaring. That's probably a common occurrence nowadays. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because one, because the kids don't want their parents on their Facebook pages or, or other social media pages, and two, you might not want your son on your Facebook page. You know, either way, kids don't even so, want Facebook pages nowadays. So. And uh, do you have any other funny notes? So one of the things I had was that Derek dude, who he was. First off, I hate people who pose with guns and weed. He posed with guns and weed. Okay, fine, that's great. Yeah. Then he posted <laughs> that he was her pimp. She's with me. Money was her pimp during an ongoing murder, kidnapping. You don't know what investigation. <laughs> So I thought what? that that they, that was actually pretty realistic because, um, and I'll get into this in our in our wrap up, but they did I think capture a lot of, of I, I the, agree the, the bad realistic. things of the internet with the, the search there, like like when when her when that girl Abigail was like she was when he, she went My from best friend right she went from I wanted to study I I wanted to get. What did she? What school did she wanted to get to? I wanted to get into she, Berkeley. I think it was. Yeah, she wanted to get into Berkeley. She went from that to she was my best friend. But even even that, I understand that that was wrong. But that doesn't implicate you in a murder. Yeah, Posting, she's <laughs> with me. Money was her pimp. Implicate you in a murder, even if you didn't have nothing to do with. And then when when the dad actually paid for the phone lookup, I was like, somebody actually that scene had to be paid for by the phone lookup company because everybody in the world has actually considered that for like three minutes but nobody's actually paid for it before i've searched for a number of phones and hitting that that exact same website and i've been like oh well there goes the search that's it it's over <laughs> this means nothing to me so um, i was like oh that was an advertisement um and then when Derek got his jaw broke i was like i'm okay with that he hit him first yeah when i saw the video it wasn't that self-defense i mean I, he, yeah, he he's still a minor David first but right and, and he was the aggressor once he i think he held in his collar first or something so at that point i think he, he might have been justified in hitting retaliating or whatever but yeah that kid had it coming <laughs> yeah yeah he deserved another way shit. to put yeah. that he deserved to be stomped out. And my, my last funny thought that I had is, so the whole premise of the movie is that essentially she turned a potential manslaughter case for her son into a definite homicide exactly. case. Exactly. <laughs> Yo, that is one of my biggest things too. I just, I, I thought that that was, that's really important that yes, <laughs> it could have been at the end. It would have just been, it could have been, you could have played it off as an accident. It could have been an accident. It could have been a really bad accident and she was alive. So, you know, you would have been in trouble, but he, she turned it into murder one. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) She escalated the situation heavily. Possible manslaughter to murder one. Yes. As a detective, you would think these thoughts are going through her head. But you know what? I also, you you think you're smarter than people. So you think you're going to get away with it. A lot of times I, I think, wow, you had to know that that was good. In real life, you had to know that this was not going to be a successful journey that you were about to embark on. But a lot of yeah. people just see the, the goal and not the actual journey to that goal. And... Boop! Right into a brick wall. I read like a uh, this is like a whole art, a uh, whole psychological study that criminals can only see the benefit of what they're doing. They don't actually see a lot of them don't see far enough to see the consequence. So they see the immediate benefit and grat and gratification, but not the consequence. She, she thought she could outsmart them, like you said. She thought she yeah, she thought she was smart than everybody. And she she almost she almost got there. To be fair, she almost did it. it wasn't for those pesky kids and the dogs. <laughs> <Right. laughs> 
Right. If dude didn't really like put his effort in to find his child, yeah, he wouldn't have. So yeah, let's get into overall review then of the movie. You want to start us off? I liked it. I, I thought this was a really good movie, a good thriller. I thought it was put together well. And to me, this is the first movie I've ever watched that was put together from this kind of point of view. I don't know if there's any others or any similar movies that have this point of view. I, I thought it was very unique and I thought it did, did well as a, a storytelling mechanism. Definitely. Definitely hard to figure out who did it. A lot of red herrings, a, a lot of misdirections. A lot of different, you know, you think you know, you're like, I got it. I, you, you knew it was fish and chips. And, and obviously at the end, <laughs> at the end, it turns out that fish and chips was her son. You knew fish and chips was evolved, but then she went to interview fish and chips. The cop went to interview fish and chips and fish and chips was completely legit so you're like oh oh well i gotta cross that off my list but you know there was again there was a lot of redirections i enjoy that i like to not know just the answer immediately and i like to not be able to just guess yeah seeing fish and chips's photo in the memorial site that was like a big moment when i first watched the movie yeah that kicked my butt i was was like like, oh okay (laughs) okay and i also thought it was interesting that the whole fake license thing. I was like, that just seems like a, a really not a, a, a left undone thread, which it turned out was the cop get pretended she got a fake license to say she ran away. But as Trying a dad, I would have been like, yeah, yeah the co- as a dad, I was like, hmm, that that was a little bit tricky. Uh, I thought it ended well. I again. I, I I would advise people to go see it. I would think it's a, again. I think it's a, a pretty a pretty good thriller. So I really enjoyed this movie as well. Like I said, I, I had been looking forward to watching this movie. I was trying to see it at the theaters, and I couldn't find a showtime that worked out because it was so limited. Um, and I finally saw it streaming. I liked that the pacing was very quick, um, and the movie was relatively short. You know, an hour and forty-two. That's like as we know from this podcast, <laughs> that's not easy to find nowadays. Right. Yeah. Especially with a good story. So it'll be short, but it'll be bad a lot of the times. And I, I like that. Like you said, most of it took place on like, simulated digital devices. I haven't seen a whole movie do that. I've seen segments done, you know, where you, they, they capture like the text messaging or maybe a video call. But to have the entire movie play out in a timeline from the beginning of like, you know, the daughter growing up and all that, that was pretty cool. Um, and I enjoyed it partly because of the, the, my IT background and, and, and seeing all these things the devices use and, and the evolution of them. And also because it did also introduce a bit of nostalgia, you know, back in the XP days. And you saw the evolution, like the uh, adding YouTube and yeah. joining Facebook and cat videos. And like, what like what that, is YouTube yeah. and all that? Yeah. <laughs> so right. that was definitely a little nostalgic um, feel. And, and I, like I could that. see how somebody would not like this, though. That it's that not, it's not traditional it was, movie. Yeah, I could see how that would throw someone. Uh, it's not something that you would have experienced often. So as a person that likes traditional movies maybe this might not have been your thing if you wanted more traditional acting and settings etc thought they did a great job at capturing the way that kids use the internet these days the trolling the hashtag generation where everything becomes a trending topic viral news stories how it gets picked up you get the vitriol from from the newscasters you get the people all weighing in and people using it the, for their own personal the gain being accused of the murder yeah, that's another one. Yeah, that's all part of, of the, these, you know, the internet age that we're living in now. And I thought that they did a great job at highlighting all of that. The positives and the negatives, you know, some of the positives is like they showed like the Reddit pages. And I say positive with a grain of salt because we've also seen how the internet detectives can help sometimes. And then it also becomes a problem as well when they take matters into their own hands or they do like this doxing where they put all the information out for people. Or like when you, you put cameras in your brother's house to question him about 
about weed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so you can, you can get carried away. I didn't like that they made the brother be a little bit, uh, I would say, dumb or absent-minded. I felt like he was just nonchalant about the whole, oh, she's gone. She'll yeah, he back. was a little bit too blasé as a character. Like, uh, that's your niece. You wouldn't really be more emotionally involved um, or have the thought to think, yeah, I don't want to ruin her memory if she is deceased or missing, etc. But that's a pretty big thing to omit from an investigation, especially like as I mentioned earlier, when money's involved, when you're trying to get every single thread and you're talking to the brother about finding every single thread. And then I also thought that some things were a little too convenient. You know, you mentioned like the redirection. They were they were definitely trying to steer us into certain places. Um, but some things were, like I said, were wrapped up a little too conveniently, like the detective being able to just say she cleared those two zones. Nobody checked her on that. <laughs> Like, so, who, so she was running everything. Well, and that's right. All, all there was a lot of little things that if there was just a little bit of oversight, she probably wouldn't have been able to get that far with. Yeah, I get that she was, you know, volunteered and she was really hands on with the investigation, but she is not the entire police department. At least, not, I mean, I don't know the, the inner workings of, of these investigations, but I would assume there's a little oversight. And especially with something that has this much traction on the media for her to say, yeah, we checked these two areas. Wouldn't someone look at each other like, mm, no, we didn't, you know? <laughs> well, I guess they looked at like, yo, you must have, and I must have. You must have did that area, right? Yeah. Right. I didn't do that. Did you do that? No, she did that. I guess she did that. Who's on first? Um, but yeah, so th- that was a piece that I thought, I don't think it ruined the movie, but it did try to just move things along, like you said, as a plot device. But it did play out a little too easily, along with a couple of other things that we pointed out. Overall, though, it was I think it was a great movie. I've recommended this movie to everybody that will listen. I'm also a fan of of uh, John Cho. Did you know this was the first? He's the first Asian actor to lead a Hollywood thriller. Oh, didn't know that. Yes, a mainstream Hollywood thriller. I've been a fan of John Cho for since Harold the Kuma. I had White Castle yesterday, actually, and. <laughs> People literally still associate that with Havel de Kumar completely. So, yes, I've, I've, and he's been in a lot of really good roles in his time. Yeah. So, when I saw that he was leading this, I, I did, that actually drew me to the movie as well. And then when I saw the trailer, I was like, ooh, this is, it, it just, it was fresh. The whole, the whole take was fresh. Yes. And, the trailer definitely drew draws you in. Cause you, are you like, is it, you're like, is the whole movie gonna be like that? Or is that just certain scenes? I, I, I'm intrigued now. Yeah, and when I started watching it to see it the way it was designed, I was like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm here for this. And I it definitely, it was captivating, I would say. Right. Yes. So, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Only in Movies Pod. Also, let us know what movies you want us to cover in the future by responding to our Instagram stories, leaving a comment on any of our pages, and keep an eye out for the movie that we're going to be covering next week. Join us next time for more things that happen. Only in movies.